Hi, I'm Jamie Brazil. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. My guest today is Toby Anderson, founder of Deprassi and chief product officer at Confirmit. Founded in 2008, Deprassi is a data visualization platform for market research and customer experience data. Recently, Deprassi announced a merger with Confirmit and early entrant in the DIY survey space, as well as a leading CX platform. Prior to starting Deprassi, Toby was the vice president of Hermelin Nordic Research. Toby, thanks so much for joining me on the Happy Market Research podcast today. Thank you very much. Uh, glad to be here. Let's start with our marquee question. Give us a little bit of context for the audience. What did your parents do and how did that inform your current career? Yeah, it's a good question. And I actually, I didn't plan to work within the, the market research industry, but I originally grew up on a farm and I was very much focusing on uh, during my time in, at school to become a farmer. And I also studied very, very many years to get the master degree in, in farming. But during the studies, I realized that the farming industry, they needed to be more using more technology. And at that time, this is the late 90s, there was not that much of IT solutions for the farming industry. So during, during my, my study, the time at school, I started to learn how to program because I wanted to create the software for, for farmers. And I think I did that quite well because I became a quite good programmer. And then when I was finishing my studies and I was going to apply for my first job, and that was actually at a market research agency, a field workhouse, which is this Hermelin Nordic Research. So um, I applied for that job and I started my career as a KT software programmer instead. So yeah, that was a big change in my to my focus, but, but uh, that's how I started in the in the industry. It's so interesting, and we have seen an explosion over the last I would say five years, but it's been obviously a lot more than that earlier than that. But really, mass adoption with companies like John Deere in the actual technology space. So farming is now probably one of the more technologically enabled industries or sectors in our economy. Uh, no, I, I fully agree. It's, it's the farming industries is really much uh, into technology nowadays. And here in Sweden, I, I run a, a farm uh, in parallel with everything else I'm doing. And you can clearly see now that technology has been very, very present in, in all the modern uh, tractors and, and combines and, and uh, really supporting the farmers to, to get more out of each uh, square of, of, of crops. Yeah, so I live in Fresno, which is um, in the center of California, and it happens to be referred to as the breadbasket of the world. And it produces about $9 billion of agricultural product, which is a fair amount. And there's a tremendous amount of innovation happening out of where I've I live. And so I apologize about this slight divergence. One of the things that I come to love is the satellite imagery um, of, you know, acreage and then how that informs things like irrigation or as you said, you know, fertilization. Uh, anyway, so it's just been, it's such a, it's such a data driven ecosystem. And the, I think there's some parallels that we can draw from that and apply to actual consumers. Absolutely. I mean, just kind of finishing the thought, you know, there is this like information that's provided to us, um, whether it's satellite imagery or in soil sensors or in the field sensors. And that really helps farmers make decisions on what they should do and when they should do it, which is, you know, functionally what business is at any level. And these maps that we use to guide those decisions in every way, that's what market research is, is trying to do too. And I think that really gets to what you've built with Deprassi with respect to like data visualization. 
Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And, and um, you can clearly see that there is a, a common de denominator between the different industries. And that is normally you, you always have data and you have a lot of data. And it's always about how can we put this data together in a format that people understand and, and know how to act on. And so they, this is actually why I, I founded Apprecy, because I was working a lot at this field workhouse and collecting a lot of data. And, and I was uh, delivering huge files of uh, tables and, and uh, uh, Excel files with, with just data that, that was not that easy to consume. So I decided very early on that, that, hey, I would like really to provide something to the world where they very easily can consume data. That's actually how I started Apprecy and, and Focus has at all times been to consolidate data and, and make it presentable in a, in a way that people understands. That's more tricky than you think because it's so much more than just putting a shot on a web page. It's, it's all about creating a story around the data and also understanding that, that it also depending on who you talk to and, and what role they have and uh, the level of experience, it's, you need to present data differently. So that's all what my professional life has been about. It's, it's how can we make data accessible? And uh, as we have been talking about the farming industry during this call, I clearly see that there is the same type of challenge that we are in for in that industry, that, that once you start to make data available, people make more decisions and, and more correct and faster decisions. So, yeah. So give us uh, the elevator pitch or the overview of uh, the listeners, what Depressi is doing right now for the market. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So Depressi, we are focusing on uh, providing insights professional with reports based on market research data. And we have, from day one, been focusing on being really good at understanding the market research data and basically saying that, that once you have a collected data anywhere, you should be able to, in a very, very short time, present this data in a consumable format. And so we focus on the market research industry, corporate research, and, and professional buyers of, of insights that wants to consume data in an easy to understandable way. Could you describe for the audience the actual like outputs that you're generating? Absolutely. So, so where we are, what we have seen really resonates with people is when you can create infographic-based presentations of the data. Because very often an image uh, tells the story and, and people can connect to that. So that we are very focusing on, on providing data in infographic lookalike dashboards. But we also provide from this very easy to consume dashboards, you can really drill down into data. And at the end of the process, you can really generate tables as well. But, but uh, the highly visual infographical piece, that's something that, that has been the focus for us. You merged recently with Confirmit which I thought was a very interesting move. Confirm it for those that don't know, and I'm sure everybody does know that listens to this podcast, but Confirm it is one of the earliest survey platforms that was the first, to my knowledge, that pivoted into embracing like automated NPS and CX. And they experienced rapid growth. And of course, we all know, you know that story as it sort of continued and languished for a little while and now seems to be back on the rise, which is very exciting to watch. But Give us a little bit of understanding of the overall benefits of this merger to the market. Yeah, I'm very enthusiastic about this merger because as you referred to, I, I've been knowing the Confirmit team for very, very many years. And I actually got trained in Confirmit back late 99. And I have at all times admired the software for, for its capabilities to collect data in a various set of channels and, and also how to present this data in a, in a very interesting way. So when this opportunity got on my radar, where, where we were going to evaluate if there makes sense to merge Dapris and Confirmit, I was very positive to this because by heritage, 
the two companies has been focusing within the same type of niche, but deal with a little bit of a different focus. Dapresy, we have been very much focused on customized reporting and being able to present data in a, in a very appealing and visual way and confirm it. They have a super strong heritage and software collecting data through multi-channel mode and automate processes and present this information to the end user. So when I really looked at this case, it was like a very, very good match. And we really believe that by providing the two platforms as, as one platform going forward, we can provide an end-to-end platform for professional insights managers that, that more or less solves all the type of use cases that, that a modern insights professional is looking for. Uh, it spans from doing standardized surveys that, that are more of a, of a volume play, but also then to, to be able to deliver on, on customized research with quite complex CEX studies and, and brand, track, brand tracking studies. So I think the combination of the two companies, it's, it's really giving something to the industry that, that they will be looking forward or that the industry will see as a positive move. I actually really agree with that point about it being a positive move. And what I find very interesting is from my survey of the industry, there actually isn't a data reporting or dashboarding tool that exists like what you've built at Deprassi. And I know this sounds a little infomercialist, but I, I really mean this. Like, there probably does exist, and I just haven't seen them. So let's, you know, in full transparency. But the combination of integrating the actual, like, data collection piece with the highly engaging dashboards, I mean, that is a powerful combination. And so I know it's relatively early in the merger. Do you have a specific case uh, where a customer has been able to add on the Deprassi dashboards? Yeah, so so that this has been a really interesting because we have uh, already now a, a quite significant set of, of, of customers that are using the both platforms and maximizing the value from both of them. So, so we clearly see here, as you point out, that um, it's very much about supporting the industry with a technology platform or um, the market research agency or, or the insights professional can really where we can support them to create more efficient production processes but also where we can support the industry to really provide results from market research uh, to to the buyers that is a little bit different than in the past and, and maybe easier to consume and, and where you can really get more value for the data that you have. So I clearly see, I think it's the end-to-end game where we have a complete platform that, that supports all the different phases of our professional uh, insights program and also combining this with a powerful visualization capabilities of the appreciate. That. That's really something that we have seen has been very positive received by the market. So we're in the middle of COVID-19. This is like a, a very unusual spot for all of us. I mean, as we are talking before we hit record, right? We're both working from home. I had to take a break in the middle of our conversation to help my daughter who's in the process of being potty trained because my wife was working at the on a call that moment. So anyway, it is it's just kind of there's been a lot that's that's happened. I'd like to chat briefly about your point of view of how the world will be different post COVID nineteen. Right. So things are really different right now, but like that we're going to come out of this at some point. How will market research as an industry be different? I think it's, it's um, in order to understand that, maybe we, we need to take a step back and understand how will the world be different. And um, I remember back in the days 2008 when we had the last financial crisis and how that changed the behavior of, of people maybe were traveling a little bit more before that. And, and then they started to move to video meetings. And um, I think what this crisis has done is that it has created even a more uh, focus on on 
being digital, um, working remote and, and using different type of technology to communicate with each other. I think that itself will then change the type of requests for what insights professionals or market researchers need to do, because all of a sudden we will need to measure reality from a different type of audience that is basically an audience that is behaving differently than in the past. And also the way people will buy different things will be changing, etc. So I think there, I mean, things will go back to something that is closer to normal than it is today, but, but I think still it's, it's the whole world and, and the way it works will be changed slightly. And we have to adopt to that and understand what are the different type of methods that will work for the future. Do you have a bet? Like, do you see that there's different methods that's going to work for the future? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to predict the future, but, but um, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I think it's, you know, just one example is that maybe we start to see that KT interviews will be can be done more remotely from, from people working at home than it was before. And, and um, maybe we need to understand more about social media data because people will have a different behavior and communicate more through these type of channels. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's very difficult to say something, but uh, I think that is things that could be impacted. But I also think that, that you will see this on the area where, where we are working, where, where you start to digitalize even more than before the type of way that you communicate information, because I think it will be much more of a... Um, a mode where you collect the data depending on, on different needs and then you distribute these to stakeholders that you really would like to be more of a self-service uh, mode. And that will then put more focus on, on us as insights professionals. How can we provide data to people where we can be assured that, that this data is being received correctly and, and understood correctly and also help people to explore things differently than before. That maybe was the case when you had a face-to-face -face meeting presenting PowerPoint slides. So uh, things will change and, and uh, we believe it will be more on the, yeah, more digitalizing. Did you use Zoom or actually, do you currently use Zoom? We do. So, so did, uh, did you use Zoom before? We did actually. Yeah. So, so, so we switched to Zoom a couple of years ago, but, but I can tell you that the, the usage of Zoom now has been increasing a lot. I think what has been really interesting during this pandemic is that, that people has started to be used to use video. So not only voice, it's, it's also the video and uh, people get used to have these type of meetings. So it was like, we've been here in our company now, the combined company, we've been doing this for, we are at week six now. And I think nowadays we are very much used to it and, and uh, video is always on and we use voice and video together. So. Do you use Zoom personally now, like your children or? Uh, well, no, we, we actually use uh, FaceTime there. So FaceTime most. Uh, Okay, just curious about that. Why, why do you think, because it's very obvious that Zoom has won, and I mean, I presume, I actually don't know if that's the case in Sweden, but in the US, you know, Zoom is very dominant now, whereas, you know, none of my family did video conferencing, and now all of them do it, and they all leverage Zoom most of the time. Sometimes we'll do FaceTime also. Is that the case in, in Sweden? Yeah, yeah, no, Zoom okay. has been like, yeah, that's, that's the why, case. Why did they win? I think it's, you know, that, that's a really good question. And I have a, a little bit of experience in this topic because I, I was using different providers before I moved to Zoom. And uh, I think that the key thing for us making the decision is the ease of use and that it's not complex software to use. It's very easy to get going and it's, it's not overwhelming with different type of functionalities. So I think it's about, you know, make technology easy to access to people. Also that it has been a very stable platform. You have had very few uh, interruptions in the service. So I think it's, you know, being available, being predictable, being easy to use, as with all softwares. It's not the, the software that has the most 
you know, complex functionality that wins. It's it's the way that it's being used and how easy the accessible it is. My three and four year old are doing a weekly Zoom play date with some friends, and my eighty year old, my parents who are in their eighties, are doing a every Sunday night we as a family get together and do Pictionary through Zoom, and it's been interesting because obviously neither of them used. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom before, and all of them are very capable of doing it now, which is hilarious. And I think there's a lot of lessons that we as an industry, especially on the technology side, can apply to our businesses. Yeah, because what I've seen is that, that you know, being in this industry for, for soon 25 years, you can clearly see that there is like a generational difference in the way our colleagues in the market research industry is adopting software. Because if you compare to the type of people that work with software, 15, 20 years ago, the majority of these type of people, they were people that, that had a background in programming or, or was very, very into technology. But nowadays we see that it's more about the business user that is using the software. And that also puts a completely different expectation on the software that we provide to the industry because it needs to be more of a, of a do-it-yourself, easy to use, easy to access and, and self-learning mode. And I think this is something that we will see even more in the future for, for the industry, that the, 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 the software will continue to be much, much more advanced and to do much, much more complex programs. But at the same time, the way it's being used and the user interface and, and the support to, to get going with the software, will, we will see heavily improvements in that area the, the next 10 years, because we are addressing a different type of target group nowadays than we were in the past. Yeah, I totally. So it's funny you're bringing this point up. I, I completely agree with you in terms of market research. I think that you're going to see a three to five X in adoption of easy to use tools, market research tool or, or user experience tools or whatever consumer insight tool. And then I think, you know, you're going to see a very steady state in the more comp, the, you know, highly sophisticated tools like the sawtooth softwares. So, right. These highly niche, but very important, but you need to have like a understanding of statistics and maybe even programming to be able to leverage them to their full extent, right? So I think it is going to be a tale of two cities, but you know, in terms of the growth, I, I would definitely see the growth in the easy to easy use space. A common theme that we've heard over the last year on the show is that companies are data rich, but insights poor. How does that line up with your point of view? No, I, I agree to this. And, and it's a multidimensional question how to address that because it's very easy to collect data and also to commingle data from different data sources nowadays because you can basically use standard APIs and, and then you get like a big database with a lot of data. And the challenge you have is, is then what are we going to do with this data and, and what data can we put together as that will make any sense. And, and I think that's one thing that we haven't been able to really solve in the industry, how to really make data aligned and, and uh, understand that we can work with the same data set and trust what's in there. And then also it's what we clearly see is, is that once you have these big data sets and, and you have a lot of data accessible, all of a sudden you're going to address a completely different group of people in the organization in order to benefit from this data. Uh, maybe in the past we did research and we provided this to a limited number of people that, that were really experienced professionals and, and that really could understand quite complex data tables and, and uh, significant tested reports, etc. But if we're going to really benefit from all this big data, we, we really need to commoditize the data and make it available for everyone in the organization. And basically, you know, make people enthusiastic about, hey, this is the data we have. This is what it means for you. 
and learn more about this data because this will help you to make more decisions and, and, and faster and more accurate decisions. So, so I think that you're absolutely right. Data, we have a lot of data. Now it's just a matter of understanding how can we structure this data and how can we get this data out to everyone to really create more value of it. And I think that's a lot of things going on in that sector, but, but you know, still much things still to be done. Right. And the, you know, one of the big, I don't want to say problems, I'm going to put opportunities there, is that you have this multi-layer data set now. So, you know, it used to be the case that we had a survey and we reported it on that self-reported data, but now we have market data, sales data, previous study data. I mean, there's just like multiple layers that then has to somehow be aligned in a way that it provides context to the self-reported data that really builds a more complete story and point of view of the consumer. At Deprassi, have you guys, are you leveraging multiple data sources? Yes, yes, we do. So, so we started quite early on to understand the importance of, of commingle different data streams in order to provide the right context. And, uh, and each time I, I see the effect of this, uh, it's so fantastic because we recently deployed something to a, um, an organization that really wanted to distribute this data out to everyone. And uh, we were really able to combine a few data sets and, and make them very easy accessible. And uh, when you see people uh, reading data and understand data and really feel proud of making decisions on the data. That's when you really feel that you created a software that fulfills the needs. So, so uh, and I think we will see more of this because the future is make data available to everyone because that's the only way to make sure that we really benefit from the value that, that we have in all this data. But on the other hand, you also need to make sure that you, you use powerful technology to combine the data and, and have the ability to co-mingle this in, in, in a really correct and, and efficient way. When companies are, when you know, when you have inbound leads, what is the pain point that the customer is experiencing that they're hoping that you'll address? Yeah, so it's, it's two or three things. If you look at the corporate researchers, they are very often asking about, can you support us to get more value from a, a, a CX study, for instance, because we, we really have a good CX process in place. We are collecting data and we are really getting good results, but please help us to visualize this in, in a way that, that people understand what it means. And, and, and you need to understand that the customer says that we need to address people that are maybe not used to work with data on a daily basis. So, so that's one use case. Visualize data, make people understand it better. When it comes to the market research sector, which is where we've been operating for more than 20 years now, it's very much about streamlining action processes because we are, even if we are focusing on, on infographical dashboards, we are a multi-channel reporting tool. So within the tool, you, you generate PowerPoint decks, Excel tables, and dashboards. And the normal ask is that, that people come to us and say that, hey, we, we really need now to optimize the production process because we, we really would like to spend more time on value creation works and we would like to avoid copy-pasting data in order to create charts. So, so that, that's when we come in and support companies to, to optimize their, their reporting process. And, and uh, the interesting thing here is, is that since we've been so focusing on the market research sector for so many years, we, we also provide this, I call it the layer around the software, where you really, really have a team that understands the, the challenges that you have in the market research industry. And uh, I think that also is, is something that customers appreciate from the Apple because we, we really with all our experiences in understanding how to optimize processes, can, can understand 
how can our software support you in your specific case? Because each company is unique. You can't make a template and, and push that out to everyone. You really need to understand how to customize the, the usage of the software for each company. Um, I'm going to ask, I'm changing this question, which I have asked of most of my guests, which is what are the three characteristics of an all-star employee? And I'm, which is usually dealing a lot more with like core values and the, the actual like substance of the person, the character of the person, but I'm changing it to what, and I feel like this is really important for us as an industry. What skills should we be learning or developing in order to be relevant in a post COVID insights function? Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe you, you can't find all these skills in, in the same person, but, but uh, one thing that I think will be very important is that, that you need to understand that most likely in the future, you need to communicate with people that are working remote or that is not in the same room as you. And I think that storytelling is something that, that will be some a skill that, that will be very much appreciated because I have seen uh, working with different colleagues that, that, that the type of skills where you really see that someone understands how can we take this data and present a story around this, this data. When you see someone having those skills, you really see that you can get so much, much more out of the data by just having this storytelling perspective. And that could be like telling a story about a specific data set or also understanding how to create a story around several data sets that, that mean something. But I think that's something that will be very much appreciated in the future. And then I think it's also to maybe come back a little bit to this, call it process optimization, because I think that, that in the future, we will need to just understand that we need to spend more time on analyzing the data and understanding what type of recommendations we would like to give based on this data. And then having a layer below that, this a, a automated production line, that will be very, very much of a benefit for those companies that can achieve that. And then you need to have people that, that are really good in technology, but also understanding how to connect different systems into one environment, because the future, as I see it, will be an ecosystem where you will have different software providers working together and providing what, what the inside professionals needs. So I'm not sure what the type of specific skill set is here, but, but a technology enabler that automates research processes, uh, I think that would be very important. Last question. What is your personal motto? Uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it needs some, some background to this because otherwise it will be difficult to understand. But, but you know, I, I've been founding Dapracy and I've been running this company from nothing to what it is today. And it has been a fun but very challenging journey because it's always painful to grow and, and you need to make sure that you continue to grow and, and make everyone happy both your colleagues and also your customers so uh, 15 years ago i started to say to everyone that hey guys we are having so much fun and we are running at a super fast pace and and we are really growing a company and we used an expression that we're really building the rocket while we are flying but as part of that, it will also be that we will be into challenging situations. And, and then I said to people that from now on, I will be using the following sentence, and that is no surprises. And uh, no surprises is actually what I tell everyone nowadays, because it's about to, to make sure that we all get into challenges, as if it's the private life or if it's the, the professional life. But as long as you can communicate about the challenges that you're in for at a very, very early stage, then as a team, you can help each other to solve that. And that has really resonated really well among the Dapacy team members that 
no one is ever afraid of talking about challenges or you know things that we need to improve or do differently because as long as we do that we will have no surprises and and the people really you know replicate that and, and uh, we have a really good culture and, and momentum around it, this type of saying my guest today has been toby anderson chief product officer at confirm it and founder of depressing thank you very much i hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode